Hello, you're listening to a sermon provided by the First Presbyterian Church of Mayopac. We worship on Sundays at 10 a.m., and you can watch us live either on Facebook or YouTube. And if you're in the area, there's always a seat saved for you. We hope that this message encourages you to continue growing in humility and faith. Thanks for listening. Our second reading for today comes to us from the Gospel according to Luke, chapter 12, verses 13 to 21, which you can find in your pew Bible or in the handout or in a Bible of your your own if you are at home watching us virtually, if you would like to follow along. So friends, let us listen now to God's holy word and what it says to us this day. Someone in the crowd said to him, teacher, tell my brother to divide the family inheritance with me. But he said to him, friend, who set me to be a judge or arbiter over you? And he said to them, take care, be on your guard against all kinds of greed, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. Then he told them a parable. The land of a rich man produced abundantly, and he thought to himself, what should I do? For I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, I will do this. I'll pull down my barns and build larger ones, and there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, You fool, this very night your life is being demanded of you. And the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So it is with these who store up treasures for themselves, but are not rich towards God. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. So part of my time while overseas, enjoying the town of Straven, not Strathaven, as my American English would want me to say. I uh, went out on a particular day, it was very lovely outside, and enjoyed uh, some coffee, not as good coffee as I found here in New York, uh, at a cafe. Enjoyed some, you know, little scones and things like that as well. And afterwards, I went to pay, but my server said, sorry, our card machine's broken, Um, but there's an ATM right outside across the street that you can go to get some cash, and that's fine. So I crossed the street. I inserted my card um, into this ATM, and then that's when things started to go awry. Uh, Up on the screen, it said, we're sorry. We can't complete this transaction. Please take your card. I looked down at the card slot, and no card. (laughs) Again, the ATM displayed, please take your card, this time with sort of more urgent typeface. I looked down once more, and no card. Finally, I heard a clink, and a message popped up telling me I would need to replace my bank card. So scrambling back, I went to the cafe, let them know what happened, and they directed me to a place where I could exchange some U.S. currency I had in my pocket to uh, the Queen's currency, uh, to some good old British pounds. As I made my way to the post office, what started out as a pleasant day and a really relaxing day seemed to be taking a turn in a different direction. 
Finally, finding the post office and going inside, I quickly discovered, though, this was no ordinary post office. Inside the post office housed the program that distributed, actually, I thought it was a pretty cool program, distributed uh, secondhand bikes that they also repaired. Uh, pretty cool. Not what I expect to find in a post office. But that wasn't the only thing tucked away in this uh, post office. Also within the walls of this building was a fridge and a freezer stocked full with food. And above this fridge and freezer read a sign that said, welcome to the community fridge. Food from small businesses, from grocery stores, even some uh, goods people had from their house, perhaps they were good at baking or canning, things like that. These homemade goods were also a part of the community fridge that provided a source of food for people regardless of where they were coming from. It didn't, they didn't check to see how much money you were making per year, uh, whether or not your fridge was empty. Didn't matter, whoever needed food from these sources could take. And while waiting in this queue for uh, the post office to convert the currency I had in my pocket, I thought, wow, a community fridge. That is a really cool idea. And only a pastor would think, what a metaphor for the kingdom of God. The thoughtfulness of such an initiative and its really simplicity was enough to draw me out of that mindset, that frazzled mindset of trying to exchange money to pay for uh, a tab that was only caused because of an ATM. But yes, the kingdom of God is like this community fridge, one that's accessible to all, one where its contents don't belong to any one person. They don't belong to any one person, but they belong, as the name implies, to the community, to the collective whole. Even back in Scripture, even back in that time, we find people then, and even more so now perhaps it feels like, have a habit of fighting about what is and isn't ours. In our reading from Luke's Gospel, we hear how this younger brother approaches Jesus and asks him to arbitrate this family dispute. And Jesus, understanding family dynamics, understands that instead of getting into this family argument, he's going to use it as a teaching moment. So Jesus tells us parable about greed, about how there's this wealthy landowner who seems to place his trust somewhere else. In his book, A Theology of Liberation, Gustavo Gutierrez reflects a little bit on this idea of greed, also reflects on charity and how it is a part of our Christian community, our Christian faith, our faith for anyone really who follows in the ways of God, and how this idea of charity, of Christian practice, runs counter to the greed we find in the wealthy landowner. Gutierrez says this, that the Christian community professes a faith which works through charity. It is at least ought to be real charity, action, and commitment to service of others. The pastoral activity of the church does not flow as a conclusion from theological premises, and theology does not produce the pastoral activity, rather it reflects upon it. Theology must be able to find in pastoral activity the presence of the Spirit, inspiring the action of the Christian community. 
Really what he's saying is this, is that our pastoral activity, our charity, the ways in which we serve one another, the ways in which we love one another, the ways in which we embody a community that practices the ideals of a community fridge, those practices are the things that inspire our deeper spiritual reflection. They are the things that inspire us then to think deeply about the character, the nature of God, the character of what it means for us as people created in the image of God to follow in the footsteps of the living God. It's not that our ideas, Gutierrez says, it's less likely for our ideas about God or theology to inspire such activities, but rather these activities of themselves where we show care, where we live out the love of God that inspire that deeper inward reflection. If our actions as a Christian community do not produce works worthy of theological reflection, as he might say, a reflection that deepens our souls, what are we doing? We see the rich landowner who tears down their barns only to build bigger ones for their surplus. And instead of letting that grain flow back out to people who need it, they create this scarcity that drives up the prices of grain so that in the long run, as he says, he can enjoy a good life, one where his soul can take it easy. The wealthy man's greed meant that he certainly secured for himself economic and social power, but at the cost of morally bankrupting his soul by neglecting God, by neglecting his neighbors. And in a flash, as the text says, in a flash, just as the rich man is enjoying his stored-up treasure, God summons his soul. God summons his soul, and in this very ironic question asks him, and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? Because you can't take that with you to heaven. Will our pastoral activity, will our Christian activity produce works worthy of reflection, such as what we hear in that reading from Gutierrez, or perhaps Will our works inspire the question that God asks the rich man about his self-centeredness? I think we all like the idea of a community fridge, a place where we can store our food to store what we have. But I think in reality, though, this is a challenging thing to practice. I don't know how many of you, uh, how many of you have worked in an office or in a space that had a shared fridge. Yeah, okay. So you all can relate to the struggles that go along with that. Because I think in many ways we like the idea of a communal fridge, but in many ways what we have is something that looks like this, where we have a whole bunch of post-it notes, perhaps that say hands off, or to whoever ate my food. But of course the metaphor of a communal fridge, of a community fridge, extends beyond the practice of freely sharing food. It is about a willingness to give without asking for anything in return, to take without fear of any strings being attached to such a gift. In today's reading, we find a call to practice fearless and self-giving stewardship. 
What is there to gain by hoarding our time, by hoarding our talents, by hoarding our resources, by hoarding those spiritual gifts that God has given to each of you, to each of us? For whose will they be? The call to live out and embody this fearless, self-giving stewardship is one that is extended to each of us. To us as a church family, a church community, to those of the other churches here in Hudson River Presbytery, to churches regardless of their denomination, to people in all fields and occupations, to all of us as individuals who strive to practice giving and a loving Not for lack of trying, though, we do try to penny pinch. We try to attach requirements to our charity, to our offerings, and to maximize our wealth while handing out what we can afford to those in need. And then you also have businesses who see opportunities to profit off of global or national disasters. And the list of grievances just seems to go on and on. What we see, though, is this acquisition of wealth is based on greed, one that is antithetical to the gospel of Jesus Christ. But in our attempt to build up wealth only for ourselves, to hoard it so that our souls might just take it easy, we should heed the words of Proverbs 11, verses 24 to 25, which draws us back to the place where we should place our trust, to who we should place our trust. As the proverb says, some give freely, yet grow all the richer. Others withhold what is due and only suffer want. A generous person will be enriched, and one who gives water will get water. Jesus reminds the listeners who had gathered around him back then, reminds us today, here and now, and will remind people into the upcoming generations that the rich man sold his soul in the pursuits of earthly treasures that would do him no good in the afterlife. As again, you can't take that to heaven. The rich man is set up to be a fool, while the wise man, on the other hand, is one who dedicates their life to God. For what does God desire of us? God desires that we open our hearts to the innumerable opportunities that await when we give with hands that are open, hands that are open, hands that are not also open and clenched tight. God desires that we abandon the ethos that tells us that the collection of personal capital wealth is more important than our moral obligation to our neighbors. I believe that the future of churches across the U.S., including our future, will depend on how we choose to embrace the teachings that we hear Jesus talk about this morning. How we embrace, choose to embrace a spirit of generosity that runs countercultural to our understanding of greed. How we create a place of welcome. So friends, let us not be shackled as we hear the rich man this morning. Let us not be shackled by our desire to withhold or to bicker or to fight about such treasure, but instead choose to bless, choose to bless and to be a blessing ourselves, to receive blessing. 
For our existence depends on whether we freely give of ourselves, knowing that when it is also our turn to take, to receive, it will be done so in abundance and grace. Amen. Thanks again for listening, and we will hold you in prayer as we head into a new week. If you'd like to learn more about our church and ministry, or if you'd like to learn how you can support us, you can visit our website at mayopacchurch.org. Until next week, God bless.